Welcome to Hold Up, the podcast where we watch our favorite rom-coms and decide whether they hold up. I'm Carrie Gilbert. I'm Allison Gilbert. And this week we watched The Holiday because... The movie that invented Airbnb. (laughs) Because we are officially in the holiday season. I guess we were officially in the holiday season last week with our mini-sode, our bonus Christmas episode about the 12 Dates of Christmas. Um, Of which we have two more first regular holiday episode um so we watched the holiday which is a nancy myers movie this is our first nancy myers rom-com that we're doing which is i mean we've almost been at this for two years and we haven't done a single nancy myers rom-com it's just a tragedy truly it's because i don't love nancy myers and i yeah. think i get kicked out of the community for that yeah she's not i don't thing. hate nancy myers like i don't dislike like i enjoyed watching this movie i enjoy watching all of nancy myers movies the only one i think i really like love is parent trap which i don't think could be considered a romantic comedy although maybe yeah i don't know let's put it on the list and debate it yeah i guess it's like them trying to get their parents back together should we just talk about the parent trap real quick (laughs) like i love the Lindsay lohan parent trap but that's the only nancy myers movie i can think of that i like love yeah. I've never really seen, what's the Diane Keaton, Jack Nicholson, Amanda Peet one? Keanu Something's Reeves. Gotta Give. That's a I good like, one. I've never really seen that one. I feel like people love that one. So maybe. It's a good one. Maybe, maybe that's. But I like like them. I find them enjoyable. Yes. I don't love them. Yeah. So this is Cameron Diaz, Jude Law, Kate Winslet, and Jack Black, which is. A lovely cast. Also. The randomest four people ever. I said the only problem with this movie is that Cameron Diaz is Cameron Diaz's acting and the chemistry between the four leads, of which there is none. So I had actually remembered that there was none, and there was more than I had remembered. Uh, the best chemistry in this movie is between Kate Winslet and Eli Wallach. <laughs> I said this movie has a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes entirely because of the Eli. That's like the 50% is Eli Wallach's. Yes. Um, I also, I want to, because I'm going to shit on Cameron Diaz's acting a lot in this, I love Cameron Diaz, and I think she's a very good actor. I think she's an underrated actor. I think if you watch My Best Friend's Wedding or In Her Shoes, or there's a number of Cameron Diaz movies that proves she is a talented actor, something is amiss in this movie. There is something in this movie that doesn't work. Yes. With her specifically. Yes, I have a theory about that. Well, I have two theories. First, one is stolen from, I've been listening to a lot of You're Wrong About podcast, which is a fantastic podcast, and I highly recommend it. But the two hosts on that made a reference to feeling like Cameron Diaz is the type of actress where you can tell whether she wants to be in a movie or not, whether she's committed to a movie or not, and when she commits... She's fantastic. And their exhibit A was in her shoes. And I said, as we were watching this last night, I was like, Mom, we got to watch that movie. She's like, I've never seen it. I was like, we have to watch it now. I love yes, that movie. It's great. Cameron Diaz is at her best. Tony Collette is at her best. It's a fantastic movie. When Cameron Diaz is like kind of phoning it in a little bit, you can also sort of tell. Yeah, she's and an inconsistent think- actor. Well, and I think that the other thing about this movie is there's a lot of exposition that comes through in dialogue of, like, people talking to themselves, which 
always feels kind of unnatural, but for whatever reason, Cameron Diaz, it does not play to her strengths. We get a lot of like talking to themselves exposition from the two female leads, Kate Winslet and Cameron Diaz. And Kate Winslet, probably because she's one of the greatest working actors of our time. One of the greatest working actors and Woody Allen apologists of all time. (laughs) Sure. But she pulls it off in a Mm -hmm. far better way than Cameron Diaz does. There's even something, though, about her acting that's a little like... Okay, we should say the premise of this movie is Kate Winslet in love with her ex-boyfriend. He's getting uh, married, played by the guy who was in that What If Hitler Won TV show on Amazon that I watched one season of. And then I was like, the world would be bad. I don't need to keep watching this. (laughs) (laughs) If Hitler won, everything would suck. Also, everything sucks. Are we really in that different a world? Maybe that was the point of the show. Other side of it. So she needs to get away for Christmas because he's getting married. Cameron Diaz's uh, boyfriend, Ed Burns, second Ed Burns movie in like three weeks, mm-hmm. uh, is cheated, has cheated. On, they're breaking up. He's cheated on her with his secretary because Cameron Diaz can't cry and no man can stay with a woman who doesn't have emotion. Um, that's anyway, they decide to swap. They like Kate Winslet has her house listed on this like house swap thing. It's basically like Airbnb before Airbnb. Like, Nancy Myers invented Airbnb, and she mm-hmm. deserves all the credit for that. So they swap houses. Kate Winslet gets to go live in Cameron Diaz's, like, huge Los Angeles mansion, because she's a movie trailer editor. And Cameron Diaz goes to live in Kate Winslet's, like, adorable, um, Lon- not London, Eng- English countryside cottage. My theory about Cameron Diaz's acting is <laughs> the casting of her as a woman who can't emote doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Cameron Diaz is very emotive. She's literally like, she's she's a comedic actress. She's funny. She Whenever she gets to do things that are like silly or goofy in this movie, it's like, oh, there she is. And when she's trying to play like stoic, can't cry woman, you're like, no, you're not. Get the fuck out of here, Cameron Diaz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Bring me someone cold who knows what they're doing. Yeah. Also, I think the what kind of what doesn't work with Kate Winslet is like we're trying to make her kind of like awkward and pathetic and frumpy and we're like I'm sorry but it's Kate Winslet mom kept being like Kate Winslet's great in this and I was like I was like I don't buy her as like mom was like even beautiful women have self-esteem issues and I was like that's true but also like they're not trying to they're not making that point they're trying to be like look at this poor woman who's probably a size four (laughs) right uh, and they like dye your hair like a mousy blonde it's very and they, like, keep it in a half pony the whole time. They're like, well, if we put Kate Winslet in a half pony. They don't then straighten it or curl it. They're like, wavy-haired women will never find love. <laughs> like, if you put if you put a half pony on Kate Winslet, she's suddenly dowdy. And it's like, yeah, but it's still fucking Kate Winslet. Like, she's probably one of the most beautiful people alive. It's, yeah. Uh, There's a lot. Of, also, I mean, not to, like completely dwell on the women jack black as a romantic lead is a real oh, choice see, nope i buy it 100 percent. i the men love... in this movie i completely buy it, it <coughs> like i forgive jude law for all the terrible things he's done because i find him so fucking charming when he puts a fucking napkin on his face and jack black i'm like yeah he's adorable i'm in i don't like I love those Jack two and Eli Wallach. Those are some hot male leads. <laughs> I love Jack Black, but 
this he has a little bit of like the Cameron Diaz problem of like when he gets to be goofy it works really well and then in the more kind of like genuine moments I'm kind of like mm, not sure not so sure about this yeah when he's genuine it's uncomfortable this is why I is what I've been trying to explain to my therapist I can't be genuine or vulnerable because it makes people uncomfortable <laughs> Jack Black and I are similar in that way um I also think that a big issue with like feeling like the acting is not at its best is the writing. Yes. Yeah, so I the dialogue is very unnatural in this movie. So because I am who I am, I also watched while you were sleeping this week, which is one of the Christmas movies we did last year and was remind. And I watched while you were sleeping at minimum twice a year, like mm-hmm. once at Christmas and once in the summer when I'm feeling sad. And that's like, if I'm having a good year. So this year I've watched it six to seven times. <laughs> and I set out, I'm, while you were sleeping, if the industry was not sexist and the people making the greatest movies of all times lists were not men, there would be far more rom-coms on those lists. And while you were sleeping would be one of them. It's an incredible movie. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to figure out what made, a, like, what made that rom-com so good compared to this where it's like all right i'm i'm not mad i'm here but i'm not having the emotional response that i do when i watch while you were sleeping or when harry met sally or sleepless in seattle which we also rewatched recently Mm -hmm. there's something about those movies that are a step above really anything else but nancy myers movies and i think what it is is the writing yeah I think that there's just no dialogue. A, this is a little bit more premisey, maybe not than while you were sleeping, because while you were sleeping has like a very specific premise. Whereas like when Harry met Sally is like, what if two people just talked for two hours? Right. But <laughs> um, even with while you were sleeping, like you see the two leads fall in love much yeah. more clearly. The dialogue between them when they are falling in love is far more natural. And the dialogue between all of the ancillary characters is far more natural. The only scenes that felt that for me in this are Jude Law with his children. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they found That's those. That's great chemistry. My mom asked if they were his real children. I looked it up and I don't, it doesn't match, so I, they can't be, but, but, but it, it feels I don't like know. they are. Yeah, I don't know where they found those two little girls, but it was literally like we walked into Jude Law's house and watched him with his daughters. I think it's probably because Jude Law is a good parent and good with kids. Well, and I think though they like for what, however they did it, they made those little girls feel comfortable. So they really were just kind of playing. Yeah, except for the whole walking in on the nanny thing. That was probably not his best parenting moment. Mm, right. Yeah, sure. In real life, not mm. in not Graham, his character in this. No, Mr. Napkinheadas would never do that. Um, so that and the Eli Wallet, Kate Winslet scenes, yes. those felt natural. There was a an authenticity. There was an organicness in those scenes. A lot of the other scenes, particularly between the leads, felt very heavy-handed. This movie is heavy-handed. Yes. There's a scene where it's one of the, like the final scenes between Jude Law and Cameron Diaz, where they're trying to figure out like, are we going to be long distance? Blah blah blah. And a question we never answer. We don't ever get an answer to it because it's a classic rom-com where we just are going to end the movie before we answer any of the logistical issues. We will never get into the heart, what will be bad about this relationship. Um, and she says 
she starts a sentence like just for now, like let's just be in the now. And then literally a song comes just on that starts just for now. And I was like, this movie is beating you over the head with these people are in love. We don't see them fall in love Mm-mm. in the same way that we have in some of the other rom-coms that we watched. Another one I should say, because as you said, we watched them fall in love. It reminded me of when we watched Notting Hill, which has a both a very good uh, gradual falling in love process. I'm thinking of that scene where they're walking and break into the park. And you have, mm-hmm. I love a good dinner scene. I, and like a, when you can make a lot of people have a conversation, it's a, it's classic in while you were sleeping and you have that classic dinner scene in Notting Hill where she's like come to his friend's house for the first time. And I think it's in when Harry met Sally, it's the um, them both on the phone with their friends. Like those scenes where a group of people are talking and it feels the way like you feel when a group of people are talking or when two people falling in love are talking and it feels like, oh, yeah, those conversations, this feels like a real conversation. And you're right. It doesn't really exist in this movie. Mm-mm. The kids probably get closest to it. The scene where she's the like, Hanukkah how many marshmallows scene. do? Yes. How many marshmallows do I have? And he's like, you both have five. I count. Like that, his reaction, interaction with his children is very natural. And the Hanukkah scene, I love. Mm-hmm. When, so Eli Wallach is Kate Winslet, or I guess Cameron Diaz is neighbor, who Kate Winslet befriends. Mm-hmm. And he's like old and lonely. He's a, like a great Hollywood writer. And he married the great love of his life, and she has passed away, and so he lives alone now. Um, He's a great Hollywood writer who added kid to here's looking at you, kid, because nothing is more real than writers being like, I added that one part that made it good. (laughs) (laughs) Which is also not true, because I'm pretty sure that Bogey ad-libbed that line. But also, like, of course it's not Drew Curry. He's not a real writer. <laughs> like, it's Eli Wallach playing a character. <laughs> but I just mean, like, I don't think some random writer, like, added it. I think Bogart ad-libbed it. I'm just saying, in a writer's room, you always be like, I don't remember who wrote that joke. And everyone in their head is like, I did, but I added that part that made it. I'm just saying, like, that, that Nancy Myers knows how petty writers are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this great. They won't, like, name a great movie he wrote because they can't. Because right. they can't. They could, I guess they could have invented a fake great movie that he wrote. But they can't yeah. be like, he wrote Casablanca because this fake man didn't. So they're just like, he added one word to it and it made the movie great. Yeah. He added the Sam to play it again, Sam. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so she like befriends him and then he's going to be honored by the WGA and they pull it all together in a week. <laughs> they pull it all together in the week between Christmas and New Year's, which I'm sorry, no one in Hollywood. Hollywood in a, a normal year shuts down October 30th. This year they're like, maybe we should try a little since we lost six months, but no one's doing shit. The week between Christmas and New Year's. I literally was like, what is time in this movie? First of all, so they switch houses for two weeks. And in those two weeks, they both managed to fall in love. And Eli Walk's whole thing is like, I don't want to, I don't want to get this award because I, it feels like. He can't walk very well. Well, I think he's also like, he's supposed to be very humble. And then he's like, I don't want to walk across the stage in a walker. And she's like, well, I'll work out with you. Like, we'll get you, get you strong enough that you can walk across the stage. In In a a week week. and a half. (laughs) In a week. We get a montage. It starts after Christmas. This is also a Christmas movie where we just do not see Christmas Day. (laughs) Right. We see Christmas Eve and we jump to December 26th. It was like, everyone has a sad, alone Christmas. We don't need to watch that. Yeah. 
he gets re- so like they get him rehabbed to the point where he can walk without the walker and the WGA plans out like a huge event for him where the audience is full. I mean, this is like in White Christmas where everybody just leaves their Christmas to come be f- there for the general. Like, I love it. But I it makes am a member no of the sense. WGA. We are not that organized. We yeah. literally can't like we, that's not that doesn't that's not how it works. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, no, time isn't real. I do, yes, they both fall in love in two weeks, but I do think one of the good things about this movie is that the the love stories are very different. You have, mm-hmm. like, the more traditional, like, Cameron Diaz and Jude Law. Jude Law is Kate Winslet's brother, so they fall in love because he shows up drunk at her house one night thinking Kate Winslet's there because he's going to crash, and it's Cameron Diaz. Um, it's a good meet-cute. It which is. Which is defined by Eli Wallach in this movie. Um... And that's sort of a more traditional, like, she doesn't have emotion and he's a single father, so that's, and they live on different coasts, so that's the complicatedness of the relationship. But it's a more traditional rom-com relationship. And then you have, what I prefer is the Kate Winslet and Jack Black becoming buddies, Mm -hmm. because he's in a relationship with the chick from uh, A Knight's Tale, or the chick I get confused with the chick from A Knight's Tale. I'll never know. Oh, I get her confused with Rose Byrne. Oh, it's not Rose Byrne. Right, it's not Rose Byrne, but I... Early on, they they came. They bring similar things to the table. They also like like started getting famous at the same time. Rose Byrne is obviously like well. I mean, I feel like their trajectories were similar, and then Rose Byrne sort of like took off. But so they like started showing up in movies around the same time, and early their early filmography. I do not know like who was in what. Yeah. I think this is the woman that was in. 40 Days and 40 Nights. Yes. And Wicker Park? Or is that Rose Byrne? Or are they both in Wicker Park? I, to me, 40 Days and 40 Nights in Wicker Park are the same movie. And I know that they're not and I, they're not even about the same thing. But it's just like Josh Hartnett and a woman that looks like that. I saw Wicker <laughs> Park in theaters. Couldn't tell you what it was about. Oh, Wicker Park is Rose Byrne. Okay. So that's why I get them Matthew confused. Lillard and Diane Kruger. Damn. Yes. Should we watch Wicker Park? <laughs> Not a rom-com, but it's a great movie. Oh, I just but meant like you and I. That's why I get them confused is they they really don't look that similar except that they're both like kind of strikingly beautiful brunette women. Shannon were- Sassamon is the woman from The Holiday. Yes. And 40 Days and 40 Nights. And they were both in Josh Hartnett movies around the same time. And so I get them confused. But this is Shannon Sassamon, and she was in the Night's Tale. I was right about that. Yes, yes, and she was in Forty Days and Forty Nights. She's been in a handful of other things. So she plays Jack Black's like pretty young actress girlfriend, who he's in love with, and she obviously cheats on him. But like, it's very for, forgetting Sarah Marshall. Very, except like yes, very forgetting Sarah Marshall. Um, except that so like the first half of his and Kate Winslet's relationship, there is no threat of it because they're just he's like clearly in love with this woman and they're just becoming right. friends um and that's i think and they're both I, becoming friends with eli wallach yes and so it's and so the, and they're together because they're trying to help him like jack black plays a uh composer so he creates this like great little the i will say the score of this movie is great because it's on simmer but he creates like a little doodly do score for eli wallach to walk across the stage um and feel confident and so, like, they bond over helping this adorable old man. And it was, it's not, it, like, it's clearly purposeful. If you had two of, like, the same rom-com story in the same movie, mm-hmm. it would get boring. 
and there's a naturalness to the I think the reason I believe Jack Black and Kate Winslet a little bit better is because there's a naturalness to them talking to each other. And so I believe they're falling. And it's less dramatic. They never sort of say, like, I love you. How are we going to make this work? He's just like, what if I come spend New Year's Eve? Like, it's, it's, you see their falling in love conversations a little bit better than you do Jude Law and Cameron Diaz. With them, I think you're like, well, they're both hot. So. Right. They clearly have sex. And I think that that because, and we, we've talked about these themes over and over and over again, but Kate Winslet and Jack Black feels it is the more like organic friendship, dialogue-driven relationship. It feels like the more realistic relationship. The Jude Law Cameron Diaz relationship falls back on those sort of classic rom-com tropes that we all love, but that don't that are much more kind of fantastical. You know, we have the like cold, work-addicted woman who can't manage to find love because she won't let herself be open to anybody and the hot single dad widower who, you know, bring out the best in each other and fall in love in the span of two weeks because they wander through a garden together. I mean, this checks sort of like all the kind of rom-com boxes. And so there's there's a much more kind of fantastical as opposed to like a natural element to that relationship. Yes. And you never like, like when they're in there walking through the garden scene, you don't, it's like in a montage. They have like a Mm -hmm. falling in love montage where you don't hear any dialogue. It's just like them playing in a garden. And you have one scene where they're having dinner and talking about their childhoods, but, and we will get into a conversation about, small talk and getting to know each other in our 12 dates mini zone. So come back next week for that. But in this, it's also, it's very, you're basically getting exposition about why she has a hard time. Her parents are divorced. So she has a hard time connecting with her emotions, but you, but it, it, you're right. Like it's a little bit heavy handed. It's a little, first of all, it's like, she knows very clearly why she has trouble with that and can't fix the problem, which like as someone who has a hard time, with emotions and crying and being vulnerable, like you can't always pinpoint, you can't always be like, well, it's because my parents got divorced. I know why it is. Like once you get to that point, you're like on the way to healing. <laughs> right. Um, and, and there's not like, it's just sort of like heavy handed exposition. And then you see him like running through a garden. Mm-hmm. Whereas in like a Notting Hill walking through a garden scene, they're just sort of talking about nothing. Mm-hmm. Like when Harry met Sally is, an hour of that two hour movie is talking about nothing. And, and all those, what is, what movie is it? All those nothings mean so many somethings. It's, oh, it's, it's, you've got mail. You've got mail. Their, their emails are so much nothing. And all these nothings have added up to so many somethings. Like mm-hmm. that's what good rom-com dialogue is because that's what actual good conversation is. Right. And in this, it feels, and there's a, there's a good amount of that with Jack Black and um, Kate Winslet. There's that scene in the blockbuster, because this movie's from 2004. (laughs) There's a scene in the blockbuster where he's, like, singing all the scores of these movies to her, and and she's laughing, and she's a little embarrassed. And it's also a good scene, because it's, like, the most Jack Black we get. And that feels more, like, natural than that her being like, my parents divorced, so I'm fucked up. (laughs) Right, yeah. There's just an inconsistent... The dialogue is inconsistent. Yes. 
This movie does have a couple of fun. Like, this movie does do the calm well in some moments. Yeah. Um, I mean, like you said, Cameron Diaz is a fantastic comedic actress. And when we let her do that, she is very funny. Her um, grocery shopping with a bottle of wine is funny. And when the uh, checkout woman at the grocery store says, you're having a party tonight. And she says, oh, yeah, and drinks. I'm like, yeah, that like, it's very small, but it's like that is a fun yes, little moment. She has great timing. Same with Jack Black. Like when we let him be Jack Black, it's very funny. There are two lines in this movie where I laughed out loud. One is when Jude Law first comes to the house and he meets Cameron Diaz and he's drunk and he says, would you mind if I sat down? I feel like I might bump into you. <laughs> I love that one. Very funny line. Um, and then Jack Black, when he, like, comes to drop something off and Kate Winslet has Eli Wallach and, like, his friends over for a Hanukkah dinner, Jack Black's like, did you join a temple since I saw you last? Like, there's just, there's some good, when we let the comedians in this movie be funny. The comedians in Jude Law. Because, like, I also think Jude Law is a good actor. I think Jude Law is a fantastic actor. And I and think that I feel so like I might bump into you, line. Fucking dreamy. He's so dreamy. I can't. He's so dreamy. We, like, as a culture, I don't know that we talk about the hotness of Mr. Napkinhead enough. But, like, uh, he's so dreamy. We should put Alfie on the list. Not the Michael Caine one, the Jude Law one. Not because it's in any way a good movie. But because Jude Law is so hot. I was, like, obsessed with that movie as a teen. And this movie is, like, I guess this movie I wasn't really. Yeah, I was. I was a teenager. 2004. For no other reason than I was, like, deeply attracted to Jude Law. Yeah. And he's kind of, like, pivoted into, like, more kind of, like, darker stuff where he plays a more, like, villainy character, which has worked for him as sort of, like, a pivot. There's a darkness in him. But, I mean, like, late 90s, early aughts, like, romantic lead Jude Law was... What was the, like, I think this was the stretch of, like, two years where you couldn't shit without like hitting a Jude Law movie where he was in like 15 movies or some shit yes. I think this was part I think it was like this and Alfie and that one closer with, thank you yeah uh, it, there was like it just we got an onslaught of Jude Law and then it was too much and so he had to like go away like, redefine himself to sleep with the back. nanny and come back right it's, uh, we're sort of in the like mi- like the J Law part of that, like I can't wait until she sleeps with the nanny and then reemerges. She was like, "I was in too many things. I have to go away." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a very like classic. Like we get like a Hollywood it person who's just kind of like freaking everywhere, and then they have to kind of disappear for a little while. Yeah, yeah. And Jude uh, Law but, definitely went through that. But he's very hot in this movie. You know what I can say for this movie? When we, you know, I I have frequently discussed that I don't feel like any movie needs to be over two hours, and particularly a rom com should run like a one forty five at the top. Mm-hmm. This was this is a cool one twenty five, and I appreciate it. This is a great rom com length. Yes, it doesn't need any more time. It accomplishes quite a bit in an hour. Yeah, especially because we have two stories. Now, granted, yeah. neither of those stories are enough to sustain the whole their whole movie. Right. You don't want to watch. Neither of these couples do you want to watch for their own movie. So we get to go. As soon as we get sick of one, we pop to the other. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very. That I will say for Nancy Meyer. She she writes a tight script. She can yes. get us in and out. Because she knows we don't want to watch more than that. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, both uh, couples had better chemistry than I remembered. They neither has great chemistry, but... If I'm trying to cool off, I think about Jude Law and Cameron Diaz in this movie. Their chemistry is so non-existent. It really is sort of like, they're both so beautiful, they should fall in love. And I'm like, I no part of me believes these two are in love. I actually, at the end of this movie, I was like, you know what I want? I want the the romantic movie with Caitlin Winslet and Jude Law as the leads. Does that exist? brother and sister in this movie? Yeah, they're brother and sister in this movie, but in, I want a different movie where they're the two romantic leads. There is the cute scene at the end where it's New Year's Eve and they're all dancing in Jude Law's house and they like break off. You're like, oh, right. These two are like lauded, revered, sort of like classically trained British actors. And then you have the two Jamokes over here who like make fart noises and make a million bucks. <laughs> like, I like that we separate. I mean, it was like Cameron Diaz and Jack Black started like dancing funky with each other. And it was like, oh, right. You two, you're both. We're, we split our, like, our two, like, British uh, amazing actors and our two American idiots. So we, like, we, like, mix Okay, but that's not fair because Cameron Diaz and Jack Black are very talented people. Uh, They are. They're doing a different thing a lot of the time than Kate Winslet and Jude Law are doing. And to be fair, Kate Winslet could not do the sweetest thing. No. You know what I mean? So, like. No, look, I am not insulting comedians. I think someone said once, and I think it rings very true, Russell Crowe could not do The Office, but Steve Carell could do literally anything Russell Crowe's ever done. I don't know that that's true of Jack Black. I think Jack Black can do a lot, and there are not a lot of people in the world who can... Like, Jude Law can't do Jumanji, but Jack Black could maybe do something. Like, Jack Black could maybe be the young Pope. I don't know. I've never seen the young Pope, but I'm going to go with that as my analogy. Like, and... You're right. Cameron Diaz can do In Her Shoes and she can do The Sweetest Thing, which are very different movies with very different things. And she's very good at it. I just think it's funny that like, I just think they you have two type of the same person mm-hmm. and you split them up and give them to the other person. Right. Um, which I think is very deliberate. But that is yeah. why I'm saying I want the Kate Winslet Jude Law romantic i want like a romantic epic from them i want yeah that one's not gonna be a comedy no but i don't need it to be i just want to see them like fall in love that's gonna know? be like a romantic period piece where like yeah one of them is british and one of them is irish and we're in it's they're gonna do uh translations by brian Friels starring <laughs> the ages don't line up but um it's a great play that as far as i know has not been made into a movie maybe it's because half of it is in irish part of jude law's hotness and we should talk about this, comes from the fact that we vocalize that he doesn't rape Cameron Diaz. <laughs> and that's a weird conversation that we have. Because oh, they've yeah. gone out, and she's gotten very drunk, and the next morning they wake up, and he's still there, and she's like, so we obviously had sex last night, and he was like, of course we didn't have sex last night, I don't sleep with women who are passed out. And she's like, oh, how, like, gallant of you. And I'm like, is the bar... <laughs> For this man, we're like, oh, what a great rom-com lead because he didn't rape her. Like, that shouldn't be the bar. No. No. And there's a whole conversation of him being like, I would never do that. And she's like, why, thank you so much. And it's like, Cameron Diaz, what... What's hap- what what was Ed Burns doing to you? <laughs> well, she's also like, convinced for not having sex with my unconscious body. She's also like before she meets his children and realizes that he's a father, she thinks he's on the phone with like other women a lot of the time that they're together. Never explained why his very young children have separate cell phones in 2004. <laughs> no. 
No, because he likes she sees their name on the caller ID. And it's like, I'm sorry, do these children have cell phones where they're showing up on his caller ID? In 2004, you and I shared one of those phones that you could only call like three numbers and you could play snake on it. (laughs) I mean, truly. I yeah. And Um, we were old teenagers. He says, call me old fashioned. So sorry. Call me old fashioned, but I don't sleep with passed out with unconscious women. Call me old fashioned, but I don't rape. You know? It's just. Um, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. This movie is beautiful to look at. And that's true of that is something that is a hallmark of Nancy Myers movies. Gorgeous. Kitchens. We've we've talked about this. We talked about this when we talked about, I think, when Harry met Sally, that Nora Ephron's characters and field and world feels very lived in very cozy nancy myers world feels very beautiful and bright and wealthy <laughs> nancy myers loves herself a white healthy a white gorgeous woman white and she loves herself like a gorgeous white marbled home yes now to be fair kate winslet's home is like a very like cozy english cottage yeah i was gonna say kate winslet's cottage feels more of the lived in hominess yes. that I, I love and i would like rather spend my christmas there than in like a beautiful LA. like there's something cozy about that house oh when this is when this when we're done when the the when i get that vaccine I'm flying first class to an English cottage. Yeah. That's what this movie decided for me. Flying first class with seven novels. Like, girl, the flight is 11 hours. You're not <laughs> getting through all those books. But they're this like is the second. Books. It's trying, they're trying to be like, Cameron Diaz is smart because she's reading a uh, biography about Abraham Lincoln. And we're supposed to be like, she's a genius. She's reading like, there is a stack of like eight books on her first class flight. I get if you're going away for two weeks taking that many books. I'll buy that you're a reader. But having them all out on the flight, you need one or two max, girl. Well, because she said she wants to get away and read a book, not just a magazine, a book. Okay, but you pack those, but you don't need them all out on the flight is what I'm saying. But this was the second movie in a row where we've seen seen people fly first class. And I'm telling you, I'm going to fly first class when this pandemic is over. I've never flown first class, let alone international first class like we have. I tried to. I was going to spend, like, all the money I had and upgrade on my flight back from Ireland last year. And I, like, I like, I like put in a bid for it because on Aer Lingus you can, like, put in a bid to upgrade. And they did not accept my bid, even though I felt like it was a lot of money I bid. Um, and in the end, it turned out to be good they didn't accept my bid because I've been unemployed for all this year. So it was nice to save that money. But watching these movies, I was like, oh, that looks so much more comfortable and then you see like kate winslet because she's poor um like smashed into coach like a like a commoner i do like we get a couple i mean for the most part cameron diaz and kate winslet are like never in this movie together we get a couple of scenes where they're interacting Mm -hmm. and i do enjoy those scenes like the the initial scene where they're typing back and forth with each other um i do like that yeah, they're fun because they're both good actresses and they're both likable people. Yes. Um, and then there's a scene where like Cameron Diaz calls to check in or something and Kate Winslet has Jude Law on the other line and she like susses out that they're sleeping together. That's fun. That's like yeah. a fun. There's like f- this movie is fun. Yes. There's yeah. joy in it. Yes, this is a very joyful movie. It's a good holiday movie because we're watching likable people fall in love. We're watching Eli Wallach 
be mm. adorable. This is our second rom-com that we've watched with Eli Wallach, which is Dad really wild. We, Dad, as we started last night, was like, oh, this is funny because he's known for playing like evil people. And I was like, I've seen Eli Wallach in three movies, Cocoon, Keeping the Faith, and this, in all of which he plays an adorable old man. Like, there is no, I've never seen Eli Wallach play evil. So then Dad had to show me like clips from The Magnificent Seven or something. And I was like, I'm not interested in this. So he did the opposite of what Jude Law did. He went from like villain to rom-com guy and Jude Law went from rom-com guy to villain. It's great. Yeah, but don't you think when Jude Law gets really old, we're going to get like We'll circle back. Yeah. We'll circle back. Like Mm -hmm. I cannot wait until like the actors of our generation are playing like old lovable grandpa and we can watch it with our children and be like, oh, Jude Law known for stooping the nanny and being kind of creepy is now playing like lovable rom-com guy. Yeah. In the same way that um, Jack Black and his girlfriend's relationship has a very forgetting Sarah Marshall feel, I feel like the relationship between Kate Winslet and the guy she works with, who she's in love with, has a very like Bridget Jones's feel. Down to like they work for a publishing company or a newspaper. Newspaper. Um, Um, Yeah, he has some uh, uh, Daniel Cleaver. Hugh Grantiness oh, to him. Yeah, real Daniel Cleaver energy in that he sucks. He's not as, like, sexual harassy as Daniel Cleaver. He's just sort of, like, stringing her along. He's also not as charming as Hugh Grant. Right. It's hard because you're like, mm, just give me Hugh Grant. Right. Which Hugh Grant was like, this part's too small for me. Get the guy who tried to stop Hitler in 97 or whatever that, moment, that TV show was. <laughs> Man in the high tower. <laughs> Thank you. There's some other rom-com. Everything has, like, pieces of other rom-coms. Yeah. That just make you want to watch those other rom-coms. Yeah. I will say the other movie I watched this week was The Family Stone, which you said, like, this movie works because it's, like, joyful and likable people being likable. The Family Stone doesn't work because it's sad and unlikable people being unlikable. No, it's likable people being unlikable. That's what doesn't work for me in The Family Stone is that – I like all of Everyone's those actors, bad. and none of them are likable in that movie. Yeah, we so we literally watched these like nights in a row, and we I like felt bad because I convinced mom and dad to watch The Family Stone, and I was like, now we're gonna watch The Holiday, and to dad I had to be like, this one's better. Like I promise you, <laughs> this one's better. I know I said I thought The Family Stone might be good, and I was very wrong, but like this one is good. <laughs> and dad even at the end was like, well, I liked that better than The Family Stone. <laughs> Truly, because at Christmas I like. I don't want to see families that don't like each other and then the mom dies. I don't want to see that don't like each other and then sisters switch brothers. Like, I can't. We can. uh, We will never watch The Family Stone on this podcast because I cannot talk about it for an hour because it's so upsetting to me. Yeah. The uh, here's uh, remake The Family Stone. Just about the guy who got fired from Parks and Rec and Rachel McAdams. That's the love story we deserve. Oh, yeah, that is who that is. Yeah. This is not my favorite of the holiday rom-coms, but it is it was better than I remembered. Last night when I was watching it, I was like, this is this is what I need right now. Like it yeah. put me in a good mood. It's fun to watch. It's fun, it's funny, it's joyful. It just is there's just something there's something that stops it from being going from like a a good Christmas rom-com to like a great Christmas rom-com. And I think it's the writing. I think you get pulled out of it. 
it's just it's just not... a little too stifled, a little too heavy handed. Yeah. There's also a tragic under usage of Catherine Hahn. A young Catherine Hahn and a young John Krasinski. Yeah. I will say John Krasinski will go on to be in a Nancy Myers movie that's literally about a white woman redoing her kitchen that I love. <laughs> yeah. I love Truly. I love the movie. It's complicated. My one gripe with it is that you never get to see her kitchen finished. It's like, <laughs> I've invested in this whole movie. You're not going to show me what the kitchen looks like? We'll get, we will do that movie because I really enjoy it. But yes, Catherine Hahn is like Cameron Diaz's assistant, LOL, and has like three lines and wears like a tracksuit. Yeah. And, and then it's gone. Yeah. Never shows up again. There's some fun, like this movie was made in 2004, the blockbuster we've talked about. Uh, there, are, Everyone has Blackberries um, or flip phones. It's a Blackberry or a flip phone. Right. And at one point, the song Let Go... <laughs> plays over and I and I uh thought about just how 2004 the song let go was yeah what do I know that from garden state the is garden that, state that's okay trailer that's what I thought yeah go watch it I'm gonna watch it again next year I will not unlike a while you were sleeping watch it off season no but I will watch it every Christmas I'm not even gonna commit to that but like when I do watch it at Christmas I will enjoy it there's a nice, like, I think the other thing that sets makes it tougher for Nancy Myers, and this one does it a little better because we have the English countryside, is they're all very, like, wealthy white women rom-coms. Mm-hmm. They are, yeah. From the homes to the problems to the, like, it's all, like, it's all very, it's all, they're, like, very privileged rom-coms. And they don't acknowledge it the way that, like, Crazy Rich Asians is, like, these people have a lot of money and a lot of privilege, but that's like half the point. Right. Whereas this movie, I'm not sure she acknowledges the privilege of that Cameron Diaz home. She's just like, well, Kate Winslet is poor. She has to fly coach. I think, and not to keep comparing this to while you were sleeping, because it's just not a fair comparison, but like, these are both movies about being lonely at Christmas and lonely at the holidays which I think is a very real emotion and it's a thing that people really can relate to, particularly this year, I think really maybe like an extra. And this doesn't capture that in quite the same way. Like we're again, we're told it. We're kind of beat over the head with the loneliness at Christmas. But we're never really like we don't ever feel it in the same way that we feel that from Sandra Bullock in While You Were Sleeping. And it's because one, although I said this, I think Sandra Bullock's a great actor. I I don't and probably a better actor. I probably like her more than Cameron Diaz. But I also think Cameron Diaz is a good actor. And so part of it might be in the performance, but it's also in the writing. There is no scene of her getting her Christmas tree up to her house by herself. There's no scene of her making herself dinner and making her cat dinner and dunking an Oreo in the cat's milk. Like those little moments that sprinkle throughout while you were sleeping and tell you who that character is are so, so that when she does finally say, you have no idea what it's like to be alone, we buy it. Right. And it hasn't been sort of like, She's explained her situation. Her mom died when she was little. Her dad died a year ago. She's explained it matter-of-factly. We, but, we, but we believe it because we see that she wears her dad's coat. We believe it because 
of all the active things she's doing. She's not just telling it to us. There's evidence of it. And so it's a more natural because people aren't just constantly like, I'm lonely. <laughs> and right. and it's a movie. We want to see evidence of that, not just be told it. And you're right. In this movie, we're like, we're like Cameron Diaz is like, I'm lonely. And it's like, yeah, but you have that beautiful house. So I don't care. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not mad I watched it. No. It was better than The Family Stone. <laughs> no. I, I, I obvi- honestly like liked it a lot better than I remembered. But I'm super excited for our next movie. What are we watching next week, Allison? Well, so next one week from the airing of this right. episode, we will have the second uh, installment of our 12 Dates of Christmas mini-sodes. And in two weeks, um, so right after Christmas, we will be uh, celebrating the best man holiday. Now, like the best man, I've never seen it. Although Carrie did tell me that it might be sad. Um, But it's one of Carrie's favorites. And I'm very excited because I enjoyed the best man. And it was just like hot people hanging out. I'm excited to watch hot people hang out at Christmas. Yeah. Ten years later, I think. I think that's right. I think. We'll have to check that, but I think that's right. Um, I can't. I mean, I guess because you like it, I predict it will hold up. And based on The Best Man, which mostly held up, I predict it will mostly. Maybe even more so than The Best Man because it's more recent. Yeah. And I think that it also, The Best Man, I mean, definitely I think falls into the rom-com category, but it had a more dramatic element this i think like leans into the holiday fun a little bit more than you would expect from the best man if i remember correctly i expect regina hall will be featured more heavily than she was in the first best man please yes that is true for sure well then i'm gonna love it my one complaint about the best man was regina hall was in it too little yeah so join us um, next week for episodes four through six of 12 Dates of Christmas and join us the week after that for the Best Man holiday and find us on the internet. Allison, where can people find us? You can find us on Instagram at hold underscore up underscore pod and on Twitter at hold underscore up underscore podcast. Thanks. Um, thanks. Bye. Bye.